I hope all of y'all out there in the world are hearing this. That is the sound of us pouring our drinks. And I hope that you are pouring one too because you're listening to Over, Over the, the counter. counter. I'm Tiz Me. And I'm Lolo. And we are about to jump right into it. But before we do, I just want to make sure everybody has their drink. So go ahead. Fill up. We'll give you a few seconds. <laughs> all right. Good. Hopefully you all have a glass uh, so that you can really listen to us. So we're going to jump right in. Lolo, what is our topic for today? So our topic today is about taking a knee. Not just literally, but also figuratively. So I want to unpack this a little bit. Ooh, ah. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be something. Uh, for those of you who don't know, really quick, I am a black gay male, and Lolo? White straight female. So as we discuss these topics, they're coming from those lens, those different perspectives. Let's just keep that in mind. All and right. I also want to point out, our perspectives do not cover the gamut of everybody else's perspectives. These are just from us. So it's not what's right or wrong, it's just how we feel about it. So... Just throwing that out there. Agreed. Well, I'm going to take that back. It is not <laughs> right or wrong. It is how we feel about it. But I feel like there are there are topics that we will discuss, and maybe even in this podcast, that is a blatant, clear right and wrong. And y'all can be the ones to, to, to determine if I'm right or not. But enough of that. Let's just... Let's get into it. Lolo has some questions <laughs> for me, and I I'm here do. to discuss them. Let's dive right in. So, if anyone saw on the news recently, there was a statement made out, and I will just throw this out there because all of you will find out very quickly, I am a diehard football fan. Yes, God. And it's just, I have three brothers, and it's just, I was just raised on sports, and that's just how it is. That is not part of this podcast. I just wanted to give you that background. <laughs> so, that being said, Drew Brees came out with some news recently when asked about everything that was going on in this current environment. And he said that he would not respect anyone that didn't stand for the flag. <clears throat> so, for obvious reasons, he got immediate backlash for that, yeah. even from his own teammates. Which says so much right there that he just didn't get it. And Drew Brees, you need to shut your mouth. You don't know what you're saying. You have been blessed with this white privilege and you have no voice in this matter. That's what they were saying to him? They were. Right. Right? So immediately he came back with, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't really know what was happening. Well, then they had an internal meeting with the whole staff, all of his New Orleans Saints team, right? To just get him quickly educated on the black community, what the black um, community was suffering with, why they feel the way that they feel, and how insensitive his comments were. Mm. So Donald Trump <laughs> tweeted out to him Ugh. in support of his first comment, saying that, Drew Brees, I totally back you. You know, we should be definitely standing for the flag and old glory and all the bullshit that comes along with that, right? Mm. 
Drew Brees came back. He did a nice little clap back, right? And he said, you know what, DJ, that's not the move, right? We really need to be listening. We need to learn and we need to understand what's going on and how we can move forward to create a better society. So he did a nice clap back. But my question is, how do we feel about this whole situation given all of the turn of events here? So I'll just send this right over to Thomas. Jesus, the offense all around me every day. <laughs> I'm really trying to make sure that I give the answer that is, um, that's authentic, but not offensive. So, ugh, I feel like I don't really fault Drew Brees for his initial response. And I'm saying that because you just don't know what you don't know. And there are so many people in this world, there are so many white people in this world who just have no idea. They can't even fathom the things that they don't know because they've never experienced and they've never seen. So I can't fault him for his initial statement. And I actually applaud him for seeking to get an understanding on this whole taking a knee, uh, silent, uh, silent protest that 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 athlete. I don't think he really saw it though. Like he got attacked. That was the problem. He got attacked. Oh. And then his team schooled him. And then he was like, "Oh wait, this is not the right." Response. And then he got it. Well, or does he not get it? He's just doing what people think is best. He had an immediate team meeting. Okay. Because of that. Well, this is what I want to say. Either way it goes, I don't fault him for not knowing. Because you just don't know what you don't know. Um, I will say, though, that I think people need to make up their mind. Because when the riots and the rooting started, there are all sorts of Republicans and others and even Democrats and whites and blacks, there are just a bunch of people saying, you can express how you feel. You just need to make sure that you're doing a, you know, a peaceful protest. It's okay to protest. It has to be peaceful. You don't have to riot and loot. But that's not what the president said. The president called Kaepernick a son of a bitch for doing a silent, peaceful protest. So make up your mind. What do you want? Because either way it goes, we're going to lose because we're black. This is how it feels, how it comes across. And so we, we're silent and we take a knee like Kaepernick did and we're called sons of bitches. Okay, so then we riot and we loot and we're threatened to be shot down in the street. So then what? What do you want us to do? And so it's, it's, it's from the black community, it's frustrating. And I want to say that Kaepernick got the idea of taking a knee from his friend who's in the military, in the army. And his friend said, you know what? What we do when we lose somebody to pay respect and homage to them, we take a knee. Mm. And Kaepernick said, you know what? That's, that's a great way for me to make a stand for what it is that I believe in when it comes to this country of you know America and the national anthem and the flag. 
a really good, peaceful way. It's not bothering nobody. It's for me to take a knee because it's not the land of the free for all. It's the land land of the free for some. And until I feel it's free for all, I'm going to take a knee. And he did that, and there is complete blatant disrespect. So I get how some people don't get it. And and what's the guy's name um, that we're talking about? Colin Kaepernick? No, the other guy the, uh, over the football team. Drew Brees? Thank you. Drew Brees, I get. Sorry, guys. Yeah, as you can tell, <laughs> Lolo is into sports and tis me just likes to look. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Drew Brees, I don't fault him for not knowing what he doesn't know. And hopefully now, none of us know this because we don't know him uh, and I haven't had a conversation with him, but hopefully now, after his team has talked to him, after he's heard otherwise, hopefully now he gets it. What do you think, Lola? I think it is really important and I'm so happy that he did come back with that clap back to Trump. Trunk. <laughs> That's right. You know, Trunk. I don't even want to call him by his name sometimes. I'm just like, what is his... Yeah. Anyways, the clap back there was really great, and I appreciated it. But to me, it was just like, there's no excuse for not knowing that before. Yeah, you had grandfathers that served in the military. Well, you know what? So have I. And I don't think that's really an excuse to look over what's happening in today's society. So I appreciate it. And... I'm hopeful that he is learning right now, and I will take comfort in the fact that he will grow from this experience. But I think there's just a lot more to dive into here. Yeah. And I think the whole purpose, and if anyone that's in the NFL, anybody that watches sports doesn't understand this yet, there's a reason why you wouldn't want to stand for this flag. For me, it was a big problem because I was like, Back in the day, I was like, how could nobody not stand for the flag? That's our country. That's America. But you know what? America is different for different people. And America stands for different things for different people. And I think it's really important to recognize that my America is not your America. And the things that I've been granted have not been granted to everybody. Yeah. So if, to be completely transparent and honest, if I was a black person in America, I wouldn't want to stand for the stand flag. Because they've never supported me. Facts. So I get that now. And it's okay if you did not get that before, is my point. As long as you recognize it now. It's okay if you don't understand something. But once you know something is wrong and you don't do anything about it, that's the problem. So just recognize that and just realize how difficult that could be from somebody who is not white. Yeah. Listen, I agree. And and I just want to make sure that I, I make it clear that I don't fault Drew Brees for not knowing. And I think that regardless as to what led to his hopeful now knowing, it doesn't matter. And I think that there are going to be a lot of people that give him backlash and says, oh, you're only saying this now because your team called you out. Or you're only saying this now because you got some negative comments. Or you're only saying this now. I don't think any of that matters. I think that you don't know and then you learn, and then you know. So if that negativity was part of his learning process, then he needed to go through that. And if he went through that to come to an arrival of knowledge that can help 
shared and spread and spread awareness, then I don't think you should get any hate for that. So regardless as to what the learning process looks like, the most important thing is that the learning is happening. So with Drew Brees, I don't care how it happened. I don't fault him for not knowing. But now, after he's had these conversations, I would fault him for faulty actions that conflict uh, the conversations that he's had with his team. Because I feel like it's not about race. It's really about human rights. So... I completely agree with what you're saying. It's like, once you know something is wrong or something that you're saying is affecting other people and you don't do anything about it, then you are completely at fault. But if you are completely ignorant, which I'm not, I'm not trying to give that an excuse, but for this circumstance, if that's the case, but then you're told what's right and how this could hurt other people, how this could really affect someone and you don't do anything about it and you continue things the same way, then, yeah, I'm going to blame you 100%. 100 Anyways, all right. So that's how I feel. That's how I feel about it. And we could listen. We could dive all the way into this. But we're not. We're just going to skim the fat. But we could really get so deep into Colin Kaepernick and to why he's taking a knee and to the, the national anthem itself and to what that song really represents and to what that song really says in its entirety with all of the verses, even the ones that glorify that glorify slavery. Can you imagine if we would have just listened to Colin Kaepernick in 2016? Listen, he's the face. <laughs> I saw this. I saw that. I, he's right. the face of I told, told you, you so. so. Facts. 100%. That's it. That's it. But, it, but it's so true. It is so true. And I, I agree with him. I agree. I can't, I cannot support a symbol that is not true. What is freedom? What is freedom if there are a whole group of people that are not free to just be in their skin? Mm. I said the other day that being black is now a verb. It's not a description, it's an action. And I can, it's a threatening action. It is an action that can get you killed. It is an action that somebody can call the police on you for being black. And, 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 right. Just, you, you just, and, and this, and if I can't be black and not targeted, then I cannot be free. And if I am not free, then what is the national anthem and this flag all about? And until everybody is treated, and I don't care, so many, so many different ways that this conversation can go. Because we can get into Black Lives Matter versus the All Lives Matter, which is going to be a next episode. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm just saying, until everybody in this country is treated equal and fair, then we are all not free. Yes, we all are supposed to have the same rights. We all are supposed to be free. But when certain people in this country act on those free rights, they get killed. And when other people in this country act on their free rights, nothing happens. So there's blatant inequality in this country 
There's, and because of that, there are people who aren't free. And if there are people who are not free, then I'm going to take a fucking knee. And that's just <laughs> how I feel. So, yeah. I mean, there, that's really all that needs to be said there. Cheers. Cheers. So, as this episode is titled Taking a Knee, I want to ask, how would you feel with this impending football season when you actually have players that stand for the flag? How will you feel about that? I don't feel no kind of way. Okay. And the reason is because they are free. They have the right to believe what they want to believe. And they have the right to display their belief in a peaceful way. And if they want to stand and put their hand over their heart and sing the national anthem, that is their God-given American right to do so. And if I want to do the opposite, it is my God-given American right to do so. And the very fact that I can't, but you can, just speaks to how I'm not free and you are. I'm trying to clap, but I just didn't want to like overclap what you were saying <laughs> because you're preaching it right now. And I think it's really important to make sure everybody's hearing what you're saying. If that doesn't speak volumes of privilege, I really don't know how else that can be displayed. Right. I mean, that's just facts. It's facts. I mean, and, and no, and it gets me because nobody is saying that you cannot stand. We're not saying nobody should be standing for the national anthem. Nobody, nobody should be standing for the flag. That is, that's not the argument here. The argument is we should have the freedom to take a knee or sit. We should have the freedom to not do that. And to take away the freedom to take a knee. Take away someone's career. And, and to take away somebody's career for them expressing their freedom. from the NFL because they took a knee. Not because of their talent. Mm. So they just signed fucking Mike Glennon. To a team, if anybody in the NFL knows him, you know what I'm talking about. I have no idea they just signed Mike Glennon, and Colin Kaepernick does not have a job. If that doesn't say anything right there, then I don't know what to tell you. This is all about the politics, what should be right. Oh, he should be standing for this flag. This is America. Oh, he makes all this money in the NFL. You know, how dare he not stand for this flag? You know what? If you honestly still feel that way, I don't know what to say to you. You just don't get it. If you honestly still feel that way, I would just ask if if you honestly don't feel that way, then my question for you is do you believe in freedom at all? If I don't have the freedom to have a peaceful protest and take a knee, then am I ever am I even free? And if you don't believe in me having the freedom to do that, <laughs> then you believe in white privilege and you believe that the world is full of, that America is full of inequalities. I am, this is not the topic we're discussing tonight, but if you believe in that, then you believe in all lives matter. And that's just. I cannot wait till we get into that. Oof, that's that's going to be episode. a whole discussion. But if you are one of those people 
that thinks all lives matter, then I know how you're thinking right now. <laughs> and we will divulge into that whole subject, but... But, I mean, honestly, it's the same thing. It's basically... For those who yeah, are saying all lives matter are the people who are saying but I everybody stand. should be standing up. Well, I, I'm standing. Well, nobody's telling you that you need to take a knee. No, everybody needs to be standing. I don't have to stand if I don't want to. Yes, you do. This is America. This is the flag. I'm playing the national anthem. You need to stand. I don't have to stand. Yes, you do. It's the exact same argument with all lives matter. Nobody said all lives don't matter. We're just focused on the lives of black that people are that, are, that are under attack right now. So we're, we're trying to bring awareness to help those who need help. Well, my life matters too. Yes, it does. Nobody said, said that it didn't matter. It's just that your life is not under attack right now. Well, you shouldn't be saying Black Lives Matter. It's the exact same thing with I'm standing. Well, you should I decide. Be standing too. Right. Like, what the fuck? Ugh. The whole thing to me is your world is not the world. Huh. Facts. The yeah. world, everything is not about you. Get out of your own bubble mm. for two seconds and put your life in someone else's shoes and how that might actually feel. Mm. Try to gain some empathy for someone outside of your own damn self. And before you do that, I want to just call a few things out. There was a video. <laughs> Somebody over here. It's my wine, y'all. All right. There's a video that I watched on Facebook the other day. And it was a video of a girl in a full-on debate with her parents. Lolo, did you watch the video? The one where her parents were like completely against... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you, while I try to get rid of these hiccups, can you talk to them about the video real quick? Yeah, so basically... This girl was filming her parents trying to tell her that all lives matter and that she was really crazy for thinking any differently. Like, well, they do it to themselves, you know. If they, you know, would just, they, 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 you know, they do this, they create this crime, they bring it upon themselves and completely blaming it on black community. It was very right. obvious to everybody. Right. And it was very painful to watch because this girl understood it. And, but it was just a great example of how racism and prejudice is taught. Kids aren't born with it. It's taught in the home. But that, my point with the video is this. I feel like there are a lot of people out there who have very close black friends, who might even be black themselves, or who know black people who still feel like all lives matter. Or who still feel like, you know, I know black people and they don't act like that. They have an education. They they act like they have some sense. They know how to talk. They have a job. They're respectable. I know black people and they choose to live right and to be right. And there are other black people who aren't like them are choosing to be ghetto and ratchet and, and hood rich. For those of you who feel that way. This is what I'm about to say is for you. That's not accurate. When Lolo said, put yourself in the shoes of other people, even me, 
I have to do that. I was raised in a household that was very religious. We went to church every Sunday. I had both of my parents and both of my parents had jobs. They instilled in me education and all sorts of stuff. And that contributed to who I am today. However, there is a, I have more relatives who were raised in the opposite household than I have friends. I have cousins and nephews and nieces who are raised in single parent households where that single parent has to struggle to keep the lights on and doesn't have enough money to feed them. And now they have to try to find ways to feed themselves. So then they make friends at the only school that they can afford to go to, which just so happens to be a school full of at-risk youth. And they befriend somebody who's a drug lord. They befriend somebody who's like, hey, I can feed you and your whole family. All I need for you to do is just to make a couple of drops. And so now this kid who's 10 and 11 years old is thinking, I can feed my whole family if I do what Tyrone tells me to do. And so now they're doing that. Now this kid is 15 years old and they're caught up in a whole life only because they're trying to feed and provide for their family. It wasn't a choice for them. Could they have gotten a job? Maybe when they were 16, but not when they were 10, when they got into the life. Shall we? So go ahead. Shall we dive into systemic racism? <laughs> ah, right. So that's that's another episode. We can't get into that. Y'all, now. we have an all lives matter Listen. talk. We have systemic racism we want to talk about. If you're There's here so for the things. conversations that we're having, or even if you're listening because you want to learn more about the conversations that we're having, you have to subscribe and listen because we're about to get into all of it this season. And please know it's totally okay if you don't understand what we're talking about. That's why we want you to subscribe. Right. We want listeners from all different viewpoints because we're just trying to come together and create a better society. Agreed. Agreed. So to close out my point, I'm just Sorry. saying. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a great plug-in. It was a great plug-in. I'm just, to close out my thought, because I feel like I've been rambling long enough, to close it out, it's really important that everybody understands your opportunities Your choices are yours. They're not always given to everybody. And in this video that Lolo and I just pulled out with this young girl who was trying to, you know, tell her parents, her father said to her, why do you think your black friend had the conversation with his dad? And his dad was telling him how to act when he gets pulled over. The very fact that there has to be a conversation in the black community on how to behave when you're pulled over speaks volumes to how there are people in the black community that are not free. I had to have a conversation with my parents. Just last week, my own mother called me and said, you, I'm now mind you, I'm 30 years old, but because of what's happening in the world, my own mother had felt the need to, to reach out and call me and say, you do know what to do if you get pulled over by the cops, right? I said, yes, I know, I know. She said, you, it's, you, you have to keep your hands on the steering wheel. You have to be polite. You can't 
You can't look them in their eye. They might feel threatened. You have to ask permission to reach for your license and for your registration. You have to ask permission to do this. You can't do that. You have to, it's a whole bucket list. And this conversation is happening with black families across America. And I guarantee you it's not happening for white families across America. No, hell no. I've never had that conversation. I still to this day will never have this conversation. That's not something that's ever brought up. And so it's so clear. Oh, and then I just I have so much more, but that's gonna be on another episode of systematic racism and about how all parties are brainwashed. Not even just white people. They even got black people brainwashed with this racism stuff. But we'll talk about that. (laughs) We'll talk about that another day. We will. However, however, we are still on this topic of taking a knee and that is our episode today. So I just want to, we did have another little part we wanted to discuss today because Mm -hmm. our taking a knee was not just about on the field. We also wanted to talk about taking a knee on someone's neck. The traumatic incident that we saw recently, the police brutality that we saw, that I am, I hate to say this word, and I don't even really want to say it, but I am thankful that people were able to see what has been going on for years in Mm. the black community. Years. And people actually were able to witness a man die on video when this shit's been going on for 401 years, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like now that people, they're cooped up in their homes, they don't have shit to do, they don't have sports to go to, they don't have concerts to go to, they're finally just able to open those big ass eyes and see, wow, this is terrible, I can't believe this has been (laughs) happening. Mother, <laughs> this shit's been happening since 16, nine, I mean, 400 fucking years. It, you know, it, it, I'm sorry, I'm just word vomiting now. Ugh. But I'm hopeful for the fact that people are seeing this now. Right. And I have seen more people been willing to talk about it that I never thought would talk about it in the past. People that are willing to make changes and... I'm hopeful for that, but the point of this specific episode was talking about taking a knee, so I don't want to take this away, because I want Thomas to discuss this, but let's talk about this, Thomas. How do we feel about police brutality? That's a very vague question, by the way. It's a very vague question. I'm just going to let you take it, and then let's dive in from there. It's a big question. Uh... I think police brutality is just a form of oppression. I think them having a badge just allows them to display outwardly what they feel inwardly. And I don't think it's right. And there are so many videos of white women who get pulled over by the cops and cuss them, slam out. I even saw a video of a white woman who spit on the cop. I mean, there are so many episodes. And of course, these women get arrested, but they don't get killed. And for every video of a white person disrespecting a police officer, there are 10 more 
of a police officer killing a black person. And it's, it is really just, it's disheartening and it's sad. And I think that um, the most, the harshest thing about it all is that they're justified in doing so and that they're protected in most cases. Like, they get to be protected until proven guilty. But what about all of the people whose lives that they take? What about all of those? I mean, they're Sandra Bland. I mean, so the list can go on and on. What about all of them who never got a chance to see their day in court? Just because of the color of their skin. It's just... It's disgusting, and but I, but it is also so real, and it does not stop with the murders. Like police brutality is not is not only present when a black person is killed. It, it shows its face in racial profiling. It shows its face in discrimination. It shows its face, and in all of those cases, they're justified by the state. And that's just fucked up. So that's how I feel about it. I think those are amazing points. Because as you're sitting here saying the things that white people would do, I'm just sitting here putting myself in that sh- in those shoes. And I know if I got pulled over, I could act a damn fool. I could be like, you're fucking wrong. I'm fine. Like, fuck you. Whatever. I would never think anything of it. I would talk that cop so damn well. I'm like, oh, sit your ass down. And they would be like, just get a ride home. Just get a ride home. You're drunk. And you know why I know that would happen? Because it has happened to me. Wow. Wow. That has happened to me. Not on one occasion. <laughs> on a couple. And can you imagine if I was not white? <laughs> if I was not a female? <laughs> any of those things. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm thinking if Thomas was in my position. Or any of my friends. How different <laughs> that would be. Yeah, no. I. You know how many times I've gotten pulled I did over. not mean to laugh, by the way. I feel bad because I don't feel like people understand why I was just laughing. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I think I, they got it. I think it's cool. You know how many times I've been pulled over? No. Multiple. And every time I got pulled over, I felt threatened for my life. And there are some people who say, if you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to be scared of. That's a damn lie. I, we've, we've already discussed how being black is a verb. So the very fact that I'm black with a big old beard, big burly guy with long dreadlocks automatically makes me a threat. And every time I've gotten pulled over, I feared for my life. I followed all of the rules, kept my hand on the steering wheel, was very polite, smiled, asked for permission to reach for things. And that has still not stopped me from getting a ticket or from them thinking that I'm trafficking drugs and getting canines to smell my car, which I do not do, by the way. So it's just another Wednesday (laughs) is what it feels like. 
what about police brutality? And I think that the fact that it's so frequent is sad. Yeah, and I feel like if people don't recognize that, then they just really are not open to what's going on in the outside world. As a white woman, I am very aware of the fact that I get by with things that I should not get by with. And I, if I was black, I know I would not. Yeah. And I think just recognizing recognizing that fact is the first step in all of this. And if you don't understand it all, it's totally okay. Um, but just recognizing that you do have privilege just because of the color of your skin, I think is super important. And if you don't recognize it now, just subscribe and listen to the other episodes because we will get into it. We definitely will. And I also want to point out just because I'm white doesn't mean that I have all the answers and that I am the perfect white person. I still benefit from white privilege and all of these things. And so there's never a day that I don't have an opportunity to learn. So just be open-minded. Let's just come together. I think that's really what we're trying to get behind here. And we just want a society where everybody feels wanted, where they feel equal, where there's not this popularity that's just ahead of the game all the time. I just... Agreed. I don't know. We just want to come together. I'm sorry. Agreed. Come together. All right, guys. That is our time. <laughs> uh, hopefully your drinks If you empty. know what we're saying by now, here's what it is. Love... Peace and wine. So we're going to say it one more time. Everybody together. Love, Love peace, and wine. Until the next episode. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. That's right. Ooh. I hope that you all ooh, are hearing that. That is the sound of us pouring our glasses. And we hope that you are too, because this is Over the Counter. I'm Tiz Me. And I am Lolo. And we're so happy that you're here with us today. Uh, the topics today, uh, it's a really good one. Today we're going to talk about love. Ooh la 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 la. L O V E. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who did not listen to our first episode, I am a black gay male, and Lolo. I'm a white straight female. So our conversations are going to come from those two perspectives. But let's see if we can find any common ground as different as we are. Lolo has prepared a question. I have prepared a question. And we are just going to dive right into it. You want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. I am a gentleman after all, so you know. I feel sure. like so let's talk about it. Yeah, we're just going to jump right on in. These questions that we've prepared today, we haven't talked to each other about, so we really don't even know what to expect, but right. that's the point of this all. So we're going to jump in with the first question. Tis me. Yeah. What is the most important quality in a relationship and why? Communication. Period. Poop. Fast. Ayanna. <laughs> that was a very fast answer. Um... I say communication because I really, really feel like a lot of, I feel like the communication 
can either make or break a relationship, and it also can tell you if you're in the right relationship or not. And if both parties were clear and communicative and could have conversations, then they might find out early on, hey, you know what? This is how I feel, and that's how you feel, and I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, I don't think this is going to work either. So maybe we should just be friends. Okay, have that conversation as opposed to being scared to have the conversation and letting all of this time go by. And then it just turns to something bigger. So I feel like communication is important. Communication can fix problems before they arise. It can uh, help you with figuring out if you're in the wrong relationship or not. It can uh, help you with brainstorming and getting over things. But most importantly, it helps you better get to know the person who you're with. And that is vital for a relationship. So that's my answer. I think that's a good answer and I can definitely understand why communication would be key. And I think most people would agree to that. For me personally, I feel like trust is the most important thing. Mm, Because if you don't have that foundation of trust, communication doesn't even matter. I mean, you can talk all day, but it doesn't yeah. mean shit, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, if I don't trust you when you're going out with your boys, or I don't trust you when you're by yourself, or any yeah. of those things, I don't care what you communicate to me. It doesn't matter. So I think trust is actually more important than communication. So what would you say in response to that? Well, here's my question for you then. Well, okay, so first, my in response to that, I do think trust is important. Uh... I do feel like you have to have communication in order to get the trust. Because so without communication, then how would you ever get to know that you can trust somebody? I think communication comes naturally, though. Well, that's that's the form, though. Like, communication to me... Okay, so let's define communication. Because to me, communication is not, oh, I had a conversation with you. To me, communication is open. It's frequent. It's fluent. It is transparent. It is, uh, it is, it's, it's, it is everything. And it shows its face in everything, even when it comes to trust. So if you, you know, for, as far as trust is concerned, I do agree with you. Trust is important because without trust, then I can't be with you. But even if I trusted you, and you don't communicate to me, and I have no idea what you're feeling or when you're feeling it, why you're mad, why you're upset, why you like, why you don't want to cuddle, why you do, why like, if if you can't communicate yourself to me, then it's still not gonna work. Even and I can trust you till the day is long, but you're sucky with communication, and I can't get you, and I'll never get to understand you if you don't have that communication. I see what you're saying, but I see it from a different lens. I feel like I cannot communicate with someone if I don't trust them, and I'm not going to communicate with them. I have to have that trust first, and if I feel like I can trust you, I can put my whole heart and soul into this, then I'll communicate with you how I feel. But if I don't, then it's a wrap. So then what do you, so what is your response to how do you feel when the trust is broken? You know they say, you know they say trust is like, like a piece of paper you know it can be it's when you first get it it's perfect and straight but once you fold it it can never 
be straight like that again. The crease and the folds are always there. Absolutely. So I think if you don't have trust, there's nothing left. That is the foundation of a relationship, not communication. So once the trust is gone, it's over. But you know what? Communication, I feel like, can come back. I don't feel like if there's a lack of communication, you can't ever have it again. But once trust is broken, you can't ever have it fully back. That's why I think trust is more important than communication. I agree with that. However, I feel like communication... And so we're kind of going in circles because I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> y'all though. need to weigh in on this. Yes. What do you think? Right. Trust or communication? <laughs> yes. Weigh in. They're both important. They are. And I get what you're saying, but I feel like the communication helps with you not breaking trust. If we have good communication, then I don't have to worry about losing trust in you. If we don't have good communication, then you're going to go and do something shysty and it's going to hit me out of left field. And I'm going to say, why didn't you just tell me that I was getting on your nerves? Why didn't you just tell me that that was the way that you feel? Why didn't you just tell me now we have this crumbled up piece of paper that can never be resolved? But if we have communication all along the way, we don't have to worry about the paper getting damaged. That's not necessarily true. Ooh, how was it not true? I feel like you can 100% be in a relationship that is very communicative. <laughs> Excuse me, I don't even know what I was just trying to say here, but you can communicate a lot with your partner, but they can still go out and do shicey things. I feel like that doesn't necessarily mean just because you communicate a lot, you feel like they, they're telling you everything, they might still go out and do some shit. That's a good point. So, yeah, I don't feel like that really means a whole lot, honestly. That's a good point. Just because I've had, I've been burned. Yeah. But. <laughs> I have two. But I guess that's why I said you have to think about like the definition of communication. Because to me, communication isn't just having a conversation. It's honest communication. And all of the times that How I've How do you gotten, know it's honest if you don't have the trust, though? So maybe they go hand in hand. They kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> the more we're talking, talking about it, the about more it's it, like, it's like gonna go together. I mean, I'm still going to say trust is important. But <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, I totally understand what you're saying, though. That was a great question. Thanks, Lolo. Anytime, Tiz. What you got? What you got um, over there in that corner? So, my question for you, I guess, you know, it's very stereotypical. Of course, leave it up to the guy to ask <laughs> this question. But how important is sex to you in a relationship? This is a really good question. And I can honestly speak from personal experience. Sex is extremely <laughs> extremely important in a relationship. I was in a five-year relationship and the whole last year of the relationship, we did not have sex. And that was not because my boyfriend did not want it. It was because I was not interested in into him anymore. Mm. And he thought, you know, it was because he didn't look good anymore or, you know, what all these things. But um, and to me, it was just, I was falling out of love with him. And if I'm not in love with you, I am not having sex with you. And I know we have those one night stands, but when I'm in a relationship, I want to have sex all the time. That's how right. I know that you're into me. We still have this connection because I feel like sex really connects people together. So if you're in a relationship and y'all aren't having sex, there is an issue. I feel. Could you be in a sexless relationship? What if you met the guy of your dreams? And he really wanted to wait until you all were married. Would you leave him and say, I can't do this because sex is that important 
in yes. a relationship? I, I, that would probably not be the move for me. But what if you like saw his package and you know it's bomb? Is he a virgin? He's not a virgin, but he just really wants to wait. He wants to. He just feels like he wants to do this thing right. He wants to really. I won't wait. believe him because I don't trust men like that. So. <laughs> 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 Being honest. Ah. If he's someone I'm looking for, which is around my age, he's had sex before, and I won't trust him if he wants to wait. That's just my <laughs> personal opinion. That doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> it's just how I feel. Ah, Lolo. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I feel so different about it. Um, I think I feel different about it because I'm gay. So I guess we, okay. can, we, we can get into that. Okay. Uh, the reason I feel different is because I know that stereotypically, when people think about the gay community, they just think about a bunch of orgies and people who just like to have sex. But that's not true. And an analogy that I use for my parents when I, you know, had multiple conversations to them about my sexuality, I said, it's, I can be with the man that I love and never have sex with him, and y'all still wouldn't be happy. Because if you say being homosexual is a sin, well, the sin that you're talking about is within sex. And I can be in a relationship, I have been in relationships and was abstinent. And y'all will still say I'm going to hell, so what's your, so then what's your excuse then? So for me, knowing that I've done that and that I've been there, knowing how I feel about sex and how sex is not everything, uh, I do think it's important. So let me say that. Sex is hella important. It's very important. But I could be in a relationship and abstain. Because I have been the person that was in a relationship and people wanted to have sex with me. And I was like, nope, I want to make you wait. And I don't know when I'll be ready. I'm just not ready yet. And if you can't handle that, then bye. You're missing out. And if you can handle it, then it'll be worth the wait. But either way it goes, because... Just like you don't trust dudes, I don't trust dudes either. And I know, if there's one thing I know, it is that there are all sorts of dudes out there that are always looking for a nut. And when I want something serious and I want a relationship, the only way for me to find out if it's serious or not is to not give them the cookie and and see how serious they are about getting to know me. And even then, once they get the cookie, some dudes are still like, all right, bet. It was a good chase. We had a good game. I appreciate that. I'm out. You know what I mean? Because dudes just, they just like sex without the commitment. A lot of dudes out there are like that. I'm not like that. So I'm holding on to faith and to hope that there are other people out there that are like me that are not like that and that see the value in getting to know somebody on a spiritual, personal, intellectual level, not just sexual level. And I think sometimes sex clouds that. Especially if you start a relationship off with just the sex. You can start to sprinkle other things in there, but the relationship is based on sex. That is the core of the relationship. And if that's the core of the relationship, I don't think it's going to last. Because sex is carnal. You can get it literally from anybody. It's not really that special unless the person you're doing it with is special. And what makes them special is you understanding and getting to know that person on a spiritual intellectual and, and uh, intimate level outside of sexual. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I agree. And I think that it's okay to wait. Um, 
especially if you want to build that bond, that relationship with somebody. But I don't think that you should wait that long for people because. Well, people, what's that long? How long have, is that people long? People have needs. <laughs> yes, I, but yes, they do have needs. But what is what's and that long? Wants, just because you aren't ready doesn't mean someone else isn't ready. But that doesn't mean that they are just wanting you for sex. Maybe they just are overcome with all these emotions. They're like, I want this with this person, and they're at that place quicker than you. So then, do they respect you or not? Because to me, that's really what it boils down to. If if I met somebody and I was just really into him. And I just, I, I could see myself having a future with him. He is everything I wanted, physically, mentally, like he is it. And he just wasn't ready. And we fooled around, we cuddled, I felt it, you know what I mean? Like, so I know that the sexual energy is thick and we just haven't done it yet. I'll wait until he's ready because that's how much I value him. I'm ready for it, I want it, I need it. But you're not ready yet, and I don't want to rush you, and, you know. Well, how long do you think it's okay, though, to let someone wait? Communication. Takes me right back to why communication is so important. Because <laughs> me communicating that He's to determined him, to get that point across. I'm just saying, you'll see communication goes through everywhere. And also, trust, right? Because you can also think, well, he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't, I don't, you know, because I don't if trust I'm not him. giving it to him, it's Somebody else is. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean. Well... So I think communication is important right here too because you can have those conversations and say, I'm all down for waiting and I don't want to put a timeline on it, but I do need to know that you are serious about this and that we will take this step together eventually. And I need for you to understand that I'm a very sexual being. And so if my eventually is in five months, you have to understand that that is where I'm at. And I'm communicating that to you now from the jump. That way, before we get into the five month mark, where I'm like, all right, look, I can't wait anymore. Like, I can't hold it. What you gonna do? It's not a surprise to you. We've communicated that. We've communicated it the whole way through. So now that it's here, we both have a mutual understanding as to what it's gonna be. Right. I get that. But um, I, I think that how long is too long is dependent upon the person. For me, I'm okay. We don't have to have sex, sex, but we got to do something. Like, we got to do something. We got to play around. We got to we gotta get a nut some kind of way. It don't have to be the full throttle. I'm going to need that and of course, and the V. But <laughs> I'm going to need something uh, to hold me off. And if, if that's the case, then I could probably go a while. If there was absolute nothing but just only kissing, I would probably, this is just me, it would probably be like a month or two. And I'd be like, okay, look, dude. Like, maybe longer. Depends on how much I like the guy. And if you're communicating. And if we're communicating. <laughs> exactly. So. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. That's what I feel. But back to the question, I think it's super important. I think it's a must, for sure. And I, I feel like if you're in a relationship and you're not having sex, there is something wrong. That's yes. all I'm gonna say about that. There's definitely something wrong. Um, and I can't disagree with you because there have been people, 
there have been plenty of people that I liked, but just didn't feel like our sexual energy was compatible and stop fooling with. Yep. So I, it is definitely a must. It is definitely important. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to have it. I just need to know that it will be good. So I need Look to know. Good. Okay, that's all I need to know. I just need to know that like, I just need to know what you're working with. I need to make sure that you know how to kiss. I need to feel the intimacy. I need to know that that sexual energy and that that sexual tension is there. And that you pack in with a little something, something. <laughs> a little thick. You know what I mean? Just a little thickness, you know, a little bit. But once I know that, once I once I got that, then I can wait. Because I know that whenever I get it, it's going to be bomb. Facts. Yeah, that was my question. Good. All right, what's next? I like these questions, Lola. What's next? I feel like some of these, they're not redundant, but they might lead into another one. So what would be your biggest deal breaker in a relationship? Um, one of my biggest deal breakers would be it's a great question I feel like I have so many but I'm trying to pick it down to one ha um, so one of my biggest deal breakers could, would be I have a few can I say more than one I have to say one of course you can say more than one okay, there's right. no rules here right we are over the counter, so. All right. One of them, promiscuity. Mm. I think that's a really big deal breaker. I have dated people who were just flat out whores. And I'm saying that in the most non-offensive way <laughs> that I can, but like, no you know, it, yeah, yeah, like sex parties, orgies, Open relationships. You dated people like that? I, it did not last long. I did not know that about them when we started, but it, it's something that is difficult because I feel like if you're somebody that has that big of a sexual appetite, it can't be suppressed with one person. Yeah. And so I can't, it, it will not, it will be unrealistic for me to expect for you to be committed and faithful to me. You know what I mean? You, you've had this huge sexual appetite for all of these other sexual escapades. And I'm just one person. And I can do a whole lot of things, but I can't be, well, can't be I can't that. be three people. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the same time. Mm-hmm. And I can't be, you know, some stranger in an alleyway in a glory hole like that. <laughs> and it's just, I, I'm not that. That's you not me. You glory hole? You did. Ew, I have never gone to one. No, but you just brought it up. So I have this visual okay. now. And everyone listening is going to have this visual. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just saying, like, if that is what you're into, cool. It just, you, then that means that you can't, we can't be together. Because I won't be able to satisfy your sexual desires. As hard as I might try, I would not be able to satisfy all of that. So promiscuity is one. I want to say an atheist is another. I'm a very spiritual person. They do not have to be religious. I just would love to be able to pray with somebody. 
So you have to believe in a higher power. You got to believe in God. You have to believe in meditation and energies and prayer and all that kind of stuff. So that'd be important to me. I dated somebody who I couldn't pray with. It was a very abusive relationship. So that didn't work. Uh, And then lastly, one more thing that would be a deal breaker for me. Oh, there's so many. There are so many. (laughs) Maybe I should have limited you. Yeah, I could really keep going on and on. Like, there's a lot. Uh, Another deal breaker would be racist. Well, that was kind of leading into what I was going to share. Not specifically racist, but just making sure that we have the same common values, Mm -hmm. right? And that we both support the same causes and all of that. Because if you don't, if we don't feel the same way, it's never going to work, right? Yeah. So, yeah. that Mine was kind of into that, but yours is more specific. Yeah. You can keep that. I just, I can't. I think it's I mean, yeah, pretty obvious. Pretty obvious. <laughs> I'm a black guy. You can't be racist and be with me. And that's on both sides, right? Even though it's kind of impossible for black people to be racist. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you hate black people, but you somehow find me to be the exception and you love me, it's, just, it's still going to be enough for me, dog. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, facts. No. Just somebody that has that mindset. Completely agree. Supporting Trump. Period. Who? That's another deal breaker. Literally. I mean, I literally have when a bucket load. I'm going through all this profiles, I'm like, mm. nope. <laughs> nope. Right. Nope. Right. Nope. Right. A lot of, a lot a of deal breakers. One. So those are mine. What about yours? What you got? Well, I just shared my main one that I was going to share. It's just making sure that we have the same core values, right? Um, Which are? Are we voting for the same party? <laughs> because that pretty much right. is like the umbrella and everything that falls under that. If you support someone who does not believe in equality and equity for all people, I don't want to be a part of it. Right. right? And you're a Republican, right? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Y'all should have saw her face. <laughs> Y'all, we are on a podcast. You can't be throwing this sarcasm out oh, there. Sorry. She's not. She is not. A Republican. I think my heart just smells more. I was like, oh, I hope these people don't think this. But no, I am not. <laughs> and I just want, I want to make sure that you support a leader that wants to bring our country together and is not divisive. I want that. And I think that's the ultimate goal for anyone just outside of politics to bring everyone together and give those equal rights to everyone the way it should be. Um, I want someone that recognizes white privilege. I want Mm -hmm. them to be able to say Black Lives Matter. I want Mm -hmm. them to um, support the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. I want all of these things. Um, And if you don't agree with me on that, then that's, it's a no. It's a no for me. Because I feel very strongly about all those things. It's a no for me, dog. So, it's a no for me, dog. Yeah, any more? That was like my favorite. Say your top three. So that was one. Give me two. I I said three. So it's good. I mean, I. I hate to just repeat some of the things you said, but they were really good. I should have just limited you to one. But I mean, I think obviously promiscuity is one. I will say I have stuck around in relationships where there has been promiscuity. And I thought that things would be better, but they never get better. So just know once that trust is broken, it's never gonna get rebuilt. It's that wine, I hope y'all are drinking. 
Sip up. You know what? We should add that in here. Like a special sound or a ding or a bell. And every time it goes off, people have to take a sip. You know, sometimes it just happens. And it is what it is. But yeah, I feel like once you're in a relationship and someone has cheated on you, it's just never gonna be the same. It might be okay and think you might think that, oh, you know what? We're better than we ever were. Don't worry. Whenever you guys get in a fight, it's gonna come, come back, back and it's just gonna stop. Be but you don't. You also could go through therapy. That might real. That now, if you do go through therapy, it might really help resolve those issues. But it also might not. Either way it goes, if you in a relationship with somebody who's cheating, y'all got a whole lot to deal with. Which I mean, it goes without saying. You should probably not mess with anyone that's married. But yeah, yeah it's a great point. Probably not ideal situation. So is that another one of your deal breakers? You brought it up. I just <laughs> wanted to know. I don't think, yeah, it's, it's definitely a deal breaker. <laughs> Drink up, y'all. Drink up. I'm, um, Thomas, what's the next question? Well, um, well, I have some more. I have a lot of deal breakers. I'm trying to tell you. Like, I have... Another one, intimacy. I cannot be with somebody who's not intimate. I like to cuddle. I'm touchy-feely. I love skin-to-skin contact. I like to hold hands. I love affection. I like all that shit. (laughs) So if you are not affectionate, it just won't work because that is one of my love languages. Mine's words of affirmation. I love the words, which is so stupid because... Why would you want words without action? But right. what I love to hear it. I love to see it in text form. I love to hear it verbally. And I just, I don't know, I thrive off of that. Yeah. But you know, one thing for me, and I know this is not be for you, but one thing that is a deal breaker for me is you have to love sports. Mm. So this is a really basic one. It's not very deep, but that would be one for me as well. No, I need all the sports. No, not for me. No. No. You would probably prefer they didn't even person. like sports. <laughs> I, I like to, I enjoy watching them. Not with me. Yeah, you get pretty aggressive. But I do enjoy the view of sports, especially football. I just mm-hmm. like to watch. All those tight booties. Lord have mercy, help me, Jesus. So yeah, all right, guys. Next question. Where are we at? Tis. Where are we at? All right. Um. All right, the next question that I have. Okay, good, we got some time. All right, last question. Do you believe that old school love exists? I'm talking about the 1960 dated you for a month, got married, and we stayed married for 40 years type. Cannot court you type bring you roses on a Wednesday, pick up your milk from the front porch type love. Do you think that in today's day and age, with all this that we have access to, that kind of love still exists? No. That was a really harsh no. I don't. Why? I I believe that love still exists and I know love is out there. But I don't ever think that authentic love, that old school love, will ever be real again. 
you know, with social media, with technology, with everything going on in this world. I just don't think it's possible to ever go back to how we were. Our world will never look the same and it's constantly changing. And I just, I honestly think social media is the biggest thing here. Yeah. Um, and I think that totally affects the way people view things. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't think that that love our grandparents had ever will exist again. And it makes me really sad. Um, mm. But I just, I don't, see it being possible. There's too many distractions. So, you feel like if you had to narrow it down into one reason why you think that love no longer exists, your answer is social media. Social media and the distractions that social media brings. Yes. I don't think that love I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. I'm just going to say it's probably very rare. There might be people who are not on any social media platforms who experience that kind of love today. So I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. I'm just going to say it's very hard to find. And the reason why I don't think it's social media, I think it's because of sex. I think I saw this quote and I think it's brilliant. The quote says, since sex got easier to get, love got harder to find. I think, yeah, and it's so true. I think it's so true. I think back in the day, if you were scandalous and, you know, got to second base with somebody, it was a deal. Like, people weren't slinging, you know, slinging it around and dropping in low like that easily. Back in the day, it wasn't popular. It was not publicized. It wasn't on TV and billboards and in music. Like, it was, it was different. Yeah. And because of that, people were forced to find somebody who they connected with on another level. It wasn't a sexual level at first. It was on a different level. And then sex came later. And I think now it's opposite. Now sex comes first. And then the other stuff comes later, which is why people aren't able to find that old school love. Which, if we just kind of rewind, when I said that uh, love... I mean, that sex is important in relationships, but it cannot be, it can't be the most important thing. It cannot be like the end all thing. It can't be the single driving force in your relationship because it is probably, if it is, then it's probably the thing that's stopping you from, from having that kind of love. It's stopping you from having the kind of love that you want because it's a relationship based on sex. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's definitely a big thing. Um, my whole thing with the social media, it's not necessarily just that. It's just all those distractions. I feel like people are not focused on their partners anymore. They're more focused about what's the next move on Facebook or what's going on with my friends or what's going... Like, they're so into their phone that they lose... So much out of the people around them mm-hmm. and that makes me really sad yeah. I try to be so conscious of conscious of this when I'm around my family right um, Put them phones away making sure that I'm just invested in the time we have together and I think that's yeah. so important in a relationship when you go out to dinner put your friends away don't even bring them in right just enjoy that time with one another that very valuable and important. Just act like it's 1990 again. Take it back to 1995. 
You know what I mean? 1995 when there were no cell phones and when you hung out with your friends, Whatever, you were they just had the there. big Zach Morris phones then in 1995. But you couldn't text. And it wasn't convenient. You had to wrap it, <laughs> strap it around your chest and have this big thing to your Hell, side. even in 2004, 5, whenever we had our phones, we, right. we didn't even have internet or texting. Right. You're so. Oh, my God. You made me feel old. Well, we are old, Thomas. No. Bridges. We're not old, Lolo. We're not old. Shoot. Okay, guys. We're done. Because Lolo's trying to call me old, and I'm still young. I don't know what she's talking about. I mean, you're six months older than me, so. So then, you know. You're so about if I'm to... old, then you're older. No, okay. All right. We are ending <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Hopefully, you are able to enjoy our conversation on love. If you uh, like the conversation that we had today on love, check out our other episodes that we have on this channel. We're so excited. We're signing out with. Peace. Love. And wine. <laughs> Uh Aha. All right, guys. See you later.